0: Everybody. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We're your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay.
1: Hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How are you guys?
0: Uh, fine. I just burped and <laughs> boys called not call it a burf. <laughs> New word unlocked.
1: <laughs> I had to compliment Sarah's burf because Lindsay burf. doesn't know how to burf. So. Okay,
2: first off, Lindsay knows how to burp.
1: No. <laughs> I just, you don't like the way that I burp. It's, it's, a per- <laughs> I, it's not okay. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> It's extremely forced. There's lot of like, things closed wrong with me. Mouth. This is my also. This is my impression of Lindsay burping. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It did. I thought not she not was. That yes, it is. I thought you were groaning, sitting down. I didn't know that was
2: I, a burp. So I feel the burps coming, and sometimes I just gotta push a little bit extra to get them out of my body. Do you need
0: to be? Do you need to be patted <laughs> yes. on your back like a baby? I Need to
2: be burped like a baby? Can you please do that? I can. For me
0: guys? Yeah. Thank you. I'm experienced in that area
2: at work this week where me and Boydson were walking and um, I had like an unexpected burp that just came out and she goes that was a normal burp I'm very proud
1: of you <laughs> the things I'm proud of Lindsay for
2: <laughs> burping like a normal
1: human being walking
0: without tripping
1: knowing who's yes. Celine Dion versus Dido
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair I would have never remembered that that was Dido yes, thank you but I did know that it wasn't Celine Dion <laughs> so I feel like I get partial credit
1: uh, so I thought it was sia yeah
0: yeah i did 100 <laughs> percent. we're talking
1: about the song i will go down with this ship great song Lindsay was just belting right. out on the way it to was. get some food it was and she's like i really love the celine dion song i was like <laughs> it's it's not celine dion
2: okay so i associate that with titanic and it's a ship
1: <laughs> Dion. All songs about ships are Titanic.
2: A ship that's going down
0: do must you be Celine Dion.
2: I'm on a boat. That's by Celine
1: Dion
0: as well. <laughs> Celine's a really good rapper. Celine co-wrote I'm on a boat. Oh, she has such a with words. By the way, I love that song. I do too. It's so ridiculous.
2: I love it. Um but- I just, I don't know why I associate that song with Titanic. I do. Well, you already told
0: us, because it's a ship going <laughs> it's a ship. down.
1: It's a ship going down, yes. It must be, must be her. <laughs> it must be her. Selene's gonna go down with this ship. She is. Mm-hmm. It's still a great song. Yeah.
0: Apparently that's yeah. what I
1: sing when I'm drunk,
2: because I was singing it where at work because I'd been singing it the night we were all ghost hunting and
0: yeah. drinking. Mm-hmm. Yes, you were. <laughs> I like I'm
2: singing it on repeat. <laughs> yes, you
0: did. And I'm pretty sure you said that night it was Celine Dion also. Probably. I thought you were kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody corrected you. We No, all just were so like,
2: that's why I didn't think I was wrong. I, I didn't notice. notice. I,
0: did, I did, but.
2: Yeah, I like.
0: I, I don't know what I was doing. I was probably talking to the owner somewhere. <laughs> I get singing when I <laughs> get wrong. about. <laughs>
2: I, no, you were in there with me because I was laying on the floor and you started singing with me at one point.
0: <laughs> also true, I'm sure.
2: Neat. <laughs> yeah, so Boydson's pointing out my flaws tonight. Anything else?
0: Oh, yeah. Let's think
1: You're of You're really more. special to me. <laughs> oh, thank you.
2: <laughs> I really care about you and
1: our friendship.
0: That was sweet. Sweet little moment.
1: If only she meant it. I feel like that was heartfelt.
0: I don't know. Don't make fun of my burps. She's very sensitive about and this. there you go.
1: Now you know she didn't mean it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you mean it to me? Which what part?
2: <laughs> you just stared at me. What part?
0: The part where you said she was special. You are special to me.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, don't you feel I like really an do, asshole now? I really do care about you and our friendship.
1: <laughs> do we just have
0: therapy? <laughs> are you guys going to keep going? Should I go home? Or?
1: <laughs> we're good. We're good. <laughs>
0: I just keep looking back and forth. Like and you're like, what? what? What's I happening? Know.
1: I don't
2: know. This is our relationship. This is our friendship. Mm-hmm.
1: This well, is how good. we are at work. And then sometimes I help her do her job. And sometimes she's help she helps me do my job. Uh-huh. Oh. That's true. There's balance. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: sometimes oh, she betrays me and leaves me. and oh, here know. we are.
0: <laughs> okay. The truth comes out. Back to therapy. <laughs> back here we go. Back to
2: therapy. Yes.
1: I'm changing shifts away from mm-hmm. Lindsay's shifts.
2: <coughs> Traitor. Oh.
1: <coughs> Man, something in my throat. Oh, my. (laughs) And she's really taking it well. She's coming to days with me. Listen,
2: on the night shift life, and Boydston Mm. knows this. (laughs) L-Y-F-E. L-Y-F-E. Like, people leave us all the time. There's a high turnover rate. And so I just thought Boydston was a night shift lifer with me, and she's not.
0: It's hard to be a night shift lifer, but she's been there for a while on night shift. mm
2: -hmm. She has. I just thought she would stay with me forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe you, too, will come off night shift.
1: Uh, I offered her to come to days. Okay. You offered me. But you have no authority to offer that position.
0: <laughs> you don't know that. It'll happen. It's
1: <laughs> going to happen. have got more authority than you think I have. Okay.
0: Just think about it.
1: You, you, find,
2: me, you find me a day shift position. We'll you'll, talk. You'll consider it. We'll talk. I'll consider. Okay.
1: Yay, then we could all be on Without day shift. Without
2: killing somebody. Don't kill any of the day
0: shifters. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) She'd never be able to.
2: (laughs) Have you guys seen um, the Richard Ramirez documentary on Netflix? Oh, yeah.
1: It's very good. Well, now you spoiled it for anybody who didn't know who the Night Stalker was.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the 90s, 80s? 80s, yeah. I know he died in the 90s, but yeah. 80s, 90s, they called. They They, said. I was waiting for that. (laughs)
1: I answered the phone. What did they say? I was waiting. I'm like, what did they say, Liz?
0: I don't we, know. We don't want Richard Ramirez back. I don't know. They what said it's say? not a spoiler anymore. Oh, okay. There no, it was.
1: I have not watched it. It's I've been good. meaning to. I hear excellent things about it. It was it was really good. I it binged was. it on like a day or two. I binged it
2: today. It's yeah. only four episodes, yeah. so it's really not like super long. Okay.
1: I've been re watching The Handmaid's Tale uh, and also MasterChef. So.
0: I watched the most horrific documentary um, on Amazon Prime called Goodnight Sugar Babe. I've seen it. Oh my God. It makes me very uncomfortable. It hold on, does.
2: I to put this on my Amazon. What's it called? Goodnight Sugar, sugar, sugar Babe. Sugar Babe.
0: Okay. Yeah. Just be warned that it's. It's terrible on so, so many levels, and I, okay. I was like, I couldn't even talk about it on the podcast, because it was just, and, But here we are. But here um, we are. Okay, I'm not going to talk about the deets on it, though, Um, but you should go check it out if you're into that kind of stuff, I guess. What I will say is that it's so uh, crazy. The you,
2: summary, even, I'm like,
0: yeah, you can't stop watching, because it truly, like, each person they interview, it's just another crazy twist in the story. Okay, I'll have to watch it's that so this week. Bizarre. And horrible, of course, but you know. That's what I watched the other day. Like eyes wide open the whole time. Oh
2: god. That's how like the Richard Ramirez was for me. Like it was just terrifying. Yeah. Like imagining living you know, in that time.
0: I wa I feel like I've listened to a bunch of podcasts on him. Yeah. But still I feel like I learned a lot on that I one. Did. Like I didn't realise actually how horrible of a human he was or just how terrified
2: everybody was yeah like, that's what got me like you know it really focuses on the detective work and the detectives in their lives and just like talking about how their families weren't even like living with them right near the end and i was just like gosh it's terrifying yeah
0: he was he's was not a not a good person no he wasn't but some really funny memes have come of it and they're like look over there at your hot friend richard it's like a horse with <laughs>
2: i don't think i've <laughs> seen these memes
0: teeth. Aw what? what do you mean? <laughs> oh no. what is the sad part in the <laughs> the horse. Oh he felt bad for the horse
2: <laughs>
0: comparing it to him. It's because some women were like like going crazy over him and over oh, Richard Ramirez yes. and thinking how hot he was and yes. they need to smile and he just has the most atrocious looking yeah. grin out there. You must watch. I will watch. watch. Okay. Okay.
2: Yep. We'll talk about it again next week after you watch.
0: Um, Sarah,
1: are you <laughs> listening to any new podcasts that maybe a good friend recommended? Oh Thank my you goodness. for asking. <laughs> Two of you cannot.
0: <laughs> I am. Um, it's called My Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever heard of this. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Kind of reminds me of us a little bit. There's three people just sitting around chatting and laughing.
2: Yes. Which one of our dads wrote the porno?
0: (laughs) Oh, I
2: don't know.
1: I say Sarah's.
0: Yeah. It wouldn't be mine. It's not going to be Lindsay's. (laughs) No. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, maybe, but we could just read one. (laughs) Although I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be able to get past the first paragraph without... Oh giggling gosh. like crazy. Although they, they laugh I mean, quite a bit. I mean, that's what they do. It is. It's very, very funny. Um, Totally would recommend. But if you have kids, do not listen in front of the kids. I think Boydston already noted. expressed that last time. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's noted. definitely like, listen on your way to work or on your way home. Okay. I, I like to listen to it on my way home because kind of helps lighten the mood right. a little <laughs> after work. But... So, so funny. I am dying at the the plot or lack thereof. <laughs> they were in a maze for like four chapters. Yes. And. <laughs> yes. I mean, just wait. It gets so much better. <laughs> I'm on the, the chapter about the Duchess. Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, so this is like a historical fiction? Promo. Um, no, <laughs>
0: no, not in any way, <laughs> shape, or form.
1: <laughs> no,
2: I mean, oh. they have there's duchesses in the world that are not. That's true. Okay. I just think yeah. of. I just finished reading Bridgerton, and so that's what oh, I was uh. thinking
0: of. Which, by the way, have you started that on Netflix?
2: I saw episode one and then I was like, I'm going to finish Richard Ramirez instead. So that's what I watched.
0: Okay. Also, don't watch with your kids in the room. No, no, no.
2: (laughs) No, Netflix
1: already said parental advisory and I
0: had to
2: input my little parental code. So I know. Oh,
1: yeah. I was surprised. Way good though. Yeah. Wait till uh, I just can't. I can't wait for you to continue listening. To listen. Mm -hmm. I'll probably
0: listen to more on my way home Mm -hmm. tonight.
1: It's just so funny. It turns you on in absolutely no way.
0: Absolutely not. Just <laughs> just my favorite part thus far, and I don't want to ruin things, but they mentioned this right from the beginning, so hopefully I don't spoil anything for anybody, but um, I just love that his dad, he picked his pen name and it's Rocky Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. If that gives you an idea of like, just set, it sets up the story, you know?
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm here for Rocky Flintstone.
0: Rocky Flintstone, um, self-published. Mm-hmm erotic literature you can
1: buy it for like two
0: dollars on yeah, amazon it's a dollar 99
2: on oh you amazon. can actually buy the actual porno yes yeah.
0: it's like a real book
1: oh okay
2: interesting
0: right yeah that's why it's funny it's so bad it's funny okay mm. okay oh for god's sake. why okay i've never noticed before tonight <laughs> are you are you putting on a show <laughs> she does it all the time
1: i don't know why this bothers you so
0: literally have never noticed maybe
1: it's the wrong way to do it i just i can't how's there a wrong way to burp you force it just wait till it's in your throat and then just let it out (laughs) oh my (laughs)
2: all right what are
1: we talking about this
2: week guys true
1: True crime
0: crime. oh one of these i feel like it gets worse every time (laughs) we do it we need one of those pitch finders that's like, hmm. And then we all find the I'll, same I'll, note. I'll buy one on Amazon
1: and bring it next time. Well, we can. Does this help? Do you want a metronome? Oh. Oh. Ah.
2: No, I don't like that. Do not like, do not like my ear.
0: ears. My Right in the headphones. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Somebody clinging to my eardrum.
1: That's a no to the metronome. Got it. <laughs> That's
0: a big no.
1: Not no, like... <laughs> the timing is not what the the problem. <laughs> it's not the timing. It's, it's the bitch. <laughs> I've got a tuning fork. I can click.
2: No. this is okay. god. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Yeah. It's, yeah. Gonna it's fine.
1: Reverb. We're
2: in the both ears. like holding our ears like the. <laughs> Did we'll
0: try, you hear We'll try nurse?
1: next time. Did... Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I just. She's just
2: not as much as a baby as we are. Apparently. Yes.
1: Thank you. Yes. So we're talking about true crime. Yes, we are. All, um, all things true and crime.
0: Crimes that have happened.
1: And that are true. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh it's not me. <laughs> inner demon. Ooh. Hello, inner demon. <laughs> and also wants to talk about true crime.
2: <laughs> so we're going to talk about true crime. Let's spin and see who's going to go first.
1: Here we go. Here we go. Spinning, 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 spinning,
0: spinning. <laughs> oh, wait. We're just going oh, to yeah. <laughs> I forgot it's you oh yay! thank you for telling me i can't read that far away no
1: you're, i can't purple.
0: either always because i feel like it changed colors last time because then Most it changes the when it
1: goes from three to two <clears throat> okay okay do purple whenever it's the three of us okay
0: good to know <laughs> there's too many rules all right <laughs> well this is the second half of my two-part story Ooh, I was waiting for everybody's reaction.
2: (laughs) I thought you
1: were getting ready to say something else. (laughs) No, I was pausing for uh, dramatic effect.
0: (laughs) From Missouri? From Skidmore, Missouri.
1: Skidmore. Skidmark, Missouri,
0: yes. Hey, you're going to offend everybody in Skidmore. Well,
1: I'm. Doesn't sound like there's a lot of people there.
0: Not the first time they've heard that. True, that, I'm sure. Okay, so last week I was talking about the uh, death of Ken McElroy. This was in 1981. He was the town bully. Remember, he died in. Yes. Nobody saw a thing. Hmm, kind of suspicious. A the police chief left. For they the all life. pretty much covered, Yeah, just for left for other. a little while. Mm-hmm. And then magically it returned when it was over. Yeah, we remember. Yeah, that story. That
1: was suspicious.
0: Um, but there seems to be more fascination around the town itself. Okay. okay. That's what, that was just the, the beginning of kind of traumatic events that have happened in this town. And just as a reminder, there's only about 300 people right. that live there. So for it to even have more than one is kind of kind of weird. Um, so the second one I was going to talk about is the 2001 disappearance of Branson Kane Perry on April 7th, 2001. You were nodding like you knew something. No, I'm nodding <laughs> like I'm interested. Oh, that, I like that. That's my birthday. Not yeah. 2001, but April 7th. <laughs> I was just about to graduate high school on April 7th, 2001. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't see an school? school. middle school. Uh, I know, sixth I know. grade. That's yep. middle school. Yes. <clears throat>
2: oh, for me it was elementary still, but okay. Continue.
0: Oh. Yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I was your elder, still am.
2: <laughs> Br- <laughs> that's Branson. how that works. Yes, that's still how I- aging is. <laughs> I have continued
0: to age, and you have also. So, <laughs> and we are still the same amount of years apart. <laughs> that's true. Um, okay. Anyhow, on that date, uh, Branson visited a neighbor. And just as a warning to these are kind of wild rides here with a bunch of names thrown in there. So okay, stay with me. Let me let me start that sentence for the hundredth time yes, i was gonna say where are we <sighs> Not branson far. somebody named branson. branson he visited a neighbor who allegedly gave him an unidentified drug oh huh? branson after, i know never a good idea and after taking this drug branson claimed to have engaged in sexual activity with this male neighbor
1: okay
0: um, so the next day he sobered up and apparently he was ashamed of his actions. so he talked to his dad about it and his dad was really not happy to hear this. Okay, this is really small town Missouri, right. so I'm sure it's not uncommon to be right. upset about that. His father had thought that he might quote unquote teach him a lesson. Uh but there was never any confrontation of any sort because on April 11th, 2001, he Branson Perry disappeared. The story says that Branson was at home and he was just taking jumper cables back out to his shed. So somewhere between his house and the shed, he just disappeared. disappeared. Yeah. Interesting. The interesting part is that his father was hospitalized at the time, and he had hired two mechanics to come to the house to work on the car. And they were helping around the house with the chores, but supposedly they saw nothing. Okay. Suspicious.
2: Are they thinking he disappeared on his own because he was so ashamed, or something happened?
0: I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't think they really know. Yeah. Branson's grandmother, Joanne Stinnett, uh, dropped by the house on April 12th to see him, but found that he was not there. All of his personal belongings were left at the house. And finally, on April 16th of 2001, a missing persons report was filed. So five days after he went missing. Mm, It's a long time. Yeah. To wait. And he was like, I think I said 20 years old at the time. So it's kind of that tricky time when they're an adult. And I don't know exactly what the rules are. I think they have to be gone for twenty four hours before you can even
2: file.
0: yeah, I think for yeah,
2: an adult nowadays is twenty four I don't know true' if that's changed, yeah,
0: no clue. Police tracked down some people that they thought had sold some drugs or were involved with him through drugs, but again, that led nowhere mm-hmm. and in two thousand and three, police were able to identify a suspect named Jack Wayne Rogers. And he was arrested on separate crimes. So just a little backstory on Jack, Mm because it's wild, too. He was a former Presbyterian minister and Boy Scouts leader. He was arrested after attempting to perform a sex reassignment surgery on a trans woman and was unable to stop the bleeding.
2: um, uh. He was a pastor who
0: was trying to do surgery? And a Boy Scouts leader. Do they
1: learn medicine in pastor school? It's so called seminary why... school, but no, they do not.
0: Pastor school. <laughs> pastor school seminary? I don't think they do because that's why he was arrested. They Practicing. D- they do not. Without a medical license.
2: Noted. And yeah, don't, also, Don't do that. Like that's a, a pastor idea. doing sex reassignment surgery seems like something a pastor would not um. want to do.
0: Or or should be doing. Well, no, definitely should not be doing. <laughs> I think that's implied. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing about him is uh, just completely bizarre. All right. So after they arrested him, <laughs> uh, the police searched through his belongings, and they found that he had also written some disturbing things online about raping, torturing, and murdering a blonde male that sounded a lot like Branson. This guy's a bad guy. He's not a good egg. No. He even wrote about eating severed genitals.
2: Nope. Bad guy, yeah. Don't like him. He's Got a lot of issues. You
1: can do that with cows, but not with humans. Yeah, you're right.
0: I mean, I don't think he he uh, specified, but I don't think you need to really. Either way, it's no. That's so not good. <clears throat> you don't like that, right? What is that face for? <laughs> I
2: was you on... just went to oh, it's okay with animals right away, and I was just like, Ew, I didn't <laughs> even think of that on Master like Chef Rocky Mountain Oysters. <laughs> yes, on Master Chef, I know. Bulls tentacles and T- yeah. tentacles, tentacles. <laughs> <that's> that. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I see it on, um, crap, what's it called? I us just
0: pee my pants,
2: What's it called? I can't think of it. Oh, crap. I don't know what you're going for. Testicles? No. no. Testes. No, they do it as, like, um, I'm not one sure. of the late night talk show hosts does it as, like, a, um, it's like a game show that they do where you either have to spill a secret or you have to eat something nasty. And they always have a bull's penis on there, the
0: thing. Ew. Yeah. Well, no thank you gosh i can't not tentacles it's james corden but i can't remember
2: what this segment is called thank i'm you ignoring for you guys tentacles and testicles talk
1: uh, it was you it was 100 percent you <laughs> the
2: thing is you immediately went to what well, with animals it's okay and i'm like i
1: just saw it Gross. on tv it was just on masterchef we watch very
2: different things on tv she made a delicious
0: dish out of it
2: I don't think I could ever
0: eat that. If I knew, I definitely <laughs> couldn't. I can barely eat a chicken like wing you know, off the bone. I can't deal with other stuff. freaks me out. Mm-mm. No, thank you. All um, right, moving on. So <laughs> they were unable to confirm, though, that he had anything to do with Branson's disappearance. So he was charged on different things right. than ever with Branson's disappearance. And
2: he never admitted to it.
0: Correct. Okay. Yep. So unfortunately, that case was just left unsolved. Yeah. They never really knew what happened to him. Okay, so in 2004, there was the death of Bobby Joe Stinnett, and you guys have probably heard about this story.
1: I was going to say that name sounds... It does sound familiar. Familiar.
0: Yeah. yeah. This is a really sad, horrific story. So Bobby Joe Stinnett and her husband, they both had a dog breeding business in their hometown of Skidmore. Uh, Where yes. are you going with this? I know
2: this one. Is this... Okay, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs>
0: don't spoil it. Um, a woman named Lisa Montgomery began having a conversation with Bobby Joe in a rat terrier chat room online. Mm-hmm.
2: And this was recently in the news again.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, okay. why, that's what that's what spiraled this, this whole we thing. We talked about this at me. work. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Go on. So, um, you know, they started talking back and forth and realizing that they had a lot of things in common about the rat terriers and that they were both pregnant. Okay, Mm -hmm. so they exchanged emails and started a friendship that way. They were emailing back and forth. Mm -hmm. On December 16th, 2004, Lisa Montgomery went to Bobby Joe's house and strangled her. She then cut Stinnett's unborn child from her womb and left the house and unfortunately left her there to die. Right. So there were no signs of forced entry and police think that Lisa was probably posing as a potential customer to buy one of the dogs. Um, that was supposed to be meeting her that day. Bobby Joe was discovered by her mother when she called the police, her mother. Um, she described the scene as it looked like her stomach had exploded. Mm. I can only imagine how sad that would probably be. I was. can't
2: even imagine. Yeah.
0: So police were able to figure out that Bobby Joe had been interacting with Lisa by looking at online communication. You got to remember, this is what, 2004? So, yeah. you know, I mean, they they should know, but it was still kind of in the early stages of being able to track things like that right. online. Mm-hmm. You had to know what you were doing in yeah. order to be able to Yeah, because they made it kind of a big deal that this was like one of the first cases that they were able to right. look at that. Just as a side note, Lisa was from somewhere in Kansas, so she okay. had driven up there. Uh, after they found out this information, they arrested Lisa the next day, and the infant was found safe and given back to the father. And when they found her, she was in the living room holding the baby while watching the Amber Alert on TV. Oh,
1: Lisa, mm. Lisa
0: had some issues, and they think that this was motivated by a miscarriage that Lisa had had, but she didn't tell her family. And another thought was that her husband was going to use the fact that she had lied about the miscarriage as a way to get custody of her children. So she yeah. kind of had maybe a mental break there. Um, <clears throat> So she might have felt that she somehow needed to produce a baby in order to get out of this situation and mm-hmm. keep her children. I'm sure. Experts said that at the time of the murder, she was suffering from psychosis, bipolar disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. And she was also said to have been disassociated from reality and have permanent brain damage from the numerous beatings she received from her parents and spouses. Mm -hmm. So really a sad story on both ends, honestly. Yeah. And not to give empathy or sympathy to the killer, but um, that is a horrific upbringing for Mm -hmm. her as well. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa Montgomery was executed by lethal injection on January 13th, just this year, 2021, in mm-hmm. Terre Haute, Indiana, and she was the first female federal prisoner executed in 67 years. Yeah, that's why we
2: were talking about it, because it was
0: big it came, news. It was
1: a big deal. It came as an alert, like they
0: were trying to go for a stay. And they did a couple times because yeah. her, her attorney or somebody had COVID in December was the original day. Right, right. And they were able to push her back. And so I was driving home and I was listening to NPR and they were um, interviewing somebody that was going to meet with her. And she was like a nun, I think, or a retired mm-hmm. nun and was talking about the death penalty. And that's how this whole whole thing of Skidmore came up. Pretty fascinating. Yeah. So just a few of the short theories. I'll try to make them brief here. Um, so there was a popular documentary on Sundance TV called No One Saw a Thing, where they looked at the different crimes here in Skidmore, in this small town, and came up with a few theories. One of the theories is that some people just think that the people in the town are raised to carry out a sort of vigilante justice. Mm. Um, this is when a person or group of people claim to enforce the law, even though they have no authority to do this. Right. Yeah. These people grew up hearing about popular vigilantes like Jesse James and hearing stories about the Wild West, where they took law into their own hands. Makes sense, kind of.
2: And the police let them do it, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, not officially, of course. But well, not officially, no, yeah. but the sheriff's like, I'm going to leave town. We'll right. handle this. Exactly. Lots of... Other theories that were buzzing around Reddit, our favorite, favorite form. I love Reddit. <laughs> Mostly including drugs and small-town thinking, suggesting that it is such a small town that everyone knows everyone and rival- rivalries are bound to happen, right. obviously. And other people believed that McElroy inflicted so much trauma over so many generations that the townspeople have never been the same since then. And that there were a lot of people there the day that he died— you know, they that nobody came forward and they basically had to live with that trauma their entire life. And right. so it kind of manifested in different ways over the generations later on. Gotcha. Okay. And that is all I have for you about Skidmore, Missouri. Skidmore, Missouri. Yep. I wonder if the place is cursed. Yeah, I don't know. Or it's if definitely... it's definitely just
1: a way of life. Or if it's just
2: coincidences that all this terrible stuff happens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who
0: knows i mean i think people have lots of theories about the land there and there's all sorts of thoughts on it
2: that's crazy but for
0: the most part they'll say that you know it's just a small town most people are just trying to live their day-to-day life right
2: right thanks so much for talking about skidmore <laughs> oh you're
0: welcome a little a little bit of local
2: we right a bit of local. and if i like coming it.
1: back to your roots and i like uh, the back to my circle skidmore
2: roots i like the full circle because i didn't know i mean i knew about that yeah Horrible murder. Yeah. But I didn't know that was in Skidmore. Right. I just Same. knew that the girl was from Kansas. Yeah. That's why it was such a big deal here when she was executed.
0: Right. That was a horrible, horrible tragedy. But yeah. yes.
2: Okay. Who's going next?
1: Oh, let me spin.
2: Which, wait, which color am I?
1: <clears throat> you are now purple. Okay. Let me
0: get my spinning voice see, ready.
2: These rules, we can't keep up.
0: I was purple last
2: time. I know. And now I'm purple. What is this world?
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You do a much better for job so than long. I do. I know. Uh, I can't do it anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, oh, it's <laughs> It's me.
1: I'm so excited. Also, um, yes. This Mike's hard lemonade seltzer, the pineapple, is undelightful Is it? Yeah. Oh. Well, we haven't said what we're drinking tonight. I'm oh. drinking my,
0: Mike's Hard Lemonade <laughs> Seltzer.
2: We're drinking Bud Light Seltzer lemonades. Mm-hmm. And I feel good. like those
0: are very similar. But yeah. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Listen,
2: we're all about the seltzer life.
0: Bud Light Seltzer lemonade. I drank it's
2: wine funny. last night, so I didn't want wine tonight.
1: Ah. Uh, I swear I wouldn't drink seltzer again, but here we are. Here we are. Here we are. You lose. You, 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 forget. Didn't tr- you forget. You forget. You haven't drank the claw. How horrible it's it was. <laughs> you lose. <seltzer. laughs> you lose.
0: <laughs> I couldn't finish the sentence because No, yeah, terrible. white
1: claw, I haven't. I,
2: I can't. I think I'm the only one who's had white claw since that night. Yeah. <laughs> the three of
0: us. That's probably true. Yeah.
1: I know okay boyd's horrible memories we are gonna go from missouri straight south to texas okay texas okay and this is the case of angela samota i do not know Ooh, tell me more okay
2: yeah sure no problem
1: (laughs) angela samota was a 20 year old college student at southern methodist university in dallas She was a member of the Zeta Tau Alpha sorority and was studying computer science and electrical engineering. So super smart. smart.
2: Intelligent, yeah.
1: Her roommate, Sheila, described her as a triple threat. Beautiful. Intelligent. And smart. a great personality. Uh Intelligent
0: means smart. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny because we both said she's smart and you go intelligent. And I thought that's the same thing. Beautiful. Intelligent. And smart. <laughs> she was, we both just did that separate. Yeah. She was
1: smart and intelligent and a really good thinker. She was quadruple threat, okay?
2: <laughs> okay, she, she was a pretty awesome person. Got
1: it. Yes. Okay. Um, so her and Sheila became best friends after they were matched to be roommates their freshman year. Sheila was a shy psychology student. And at this time, she was away from college at her parents' house in North Texas. And this was on Friday night of october 12th
0: 1984
1: okay angela and two of her friends went to the texas state fair and then to a dance club called the rio room by all accounts angela was having a great time and seemingly knew everyone um she was out at all the tables just having just bouncing around having a good time they stayed out until just past midnight and then she drove her friends home and then that was around 1 a.m., and so it's now Saturday, and they had plans to go to the university football game against Baylor later, later that day. It was an early game. So that's why they left a little early, and they just wanted to get home. But she never made it to the Baylor game. Mm. So after dropping her friends off, she then swung by her boyfriend's apartment to say goodnight and then returned to her place. And her boyfriend would say later that around 1.45 a.m., she er, he got a call from Angela and she told him that there was a man in her condo asking to use the phone and the bathroom.
0: Mm.
1: She said she would call him right back after the guy used the phone, and she hung up. But, of course, she never called back. Jeez. Jeez. Her boyfriend tried calling, and when no one answered, he got worried, and so he drove to the condo, and he, she didn't answer the door. Nobody answered the door, and it was locked, so he got concerned, and he called the police. Good boyfriend. Yeah, and around 2.17 a.m., they arrived, and they broke down the door, and there they discovered Angela's dead body on the bed, naked and bloody. Mm. So autopsy reports showed that she had been raped and then stabbed repeatedly, succumbing to a stab wound to her heart.
2: This is like I mean, he had a pretty fast response time, so did the police. Yeah, absolutely. It's not giving the killer a lot of time to get
1: away. No. Um, police suspected her boyfriend actually. And uh, also one of her male friends, one of the friends that she went out with the night yeah. that night. I feel like they're always a suspect though, right? <laughs> right. It's always yeah. the
2: wife, husband. Boyfriend. He was closest to them. He yep. was the last huh. to see her and first the one to, to call. Yeah, yeah.
1: So evidence was collected, but technology at the time—I mean, it's 1984. It wasn't what it is today, sure. and the case went cold. And then Sheila, the roommate, she was just grief stricken. She mm-hmm. dropped out of um university. She moved to Tennessee, and for 20 years, she couldn't get past what happened to Angela and the fact that no one had been brought to justice. So according to Sheila, in 2004, so this is 20 years later, mm-hmm. she was home alone reading passages from the book of Daniel for a Bible study. All of a sudden, she saw Angela as an apparition, and this prompted Sheila to take things into her own hands and to help solve the case. And this is where I think it's kind of interesting, is like, you know, they've gone all this time, it's a cold case... And then this happens, and it just kind of sparks something in her. Mm -hmm. So she called the Dallas Police Department more than 750 times over the next several years to plead with them to reopen the case. And zero progress was made, and she was eventually told that, quote, some cases just weren't going to be solved. Mm. Which is devastating Mm -hmm. to hear about, you know, your close friend or your family member. You just you'd never want to hear those things. Right. So since the Justice Department didn't seem to be taking initiative, Sheila started the journey to take things into her own hands. Um, she earned her license as a private investigator, initially taking on small cases like cheating, stalking, cyberbullying, and eventually taking on cold murder cases. That's she nice soon set up a room dedicated to the files, all the files that she had on Angela's case. The police department found out how serious this was getting and assigned a case, assigned the case to a detective within the department for a fresh look. Mm. And it was originally thought that the rape kit had been lost in flooding but it hadn't. And in 2006, the DNA evidence from blood, semen, and fingernail samples were used to try and find a mat- match among known criminals. Mhm. And 2 years later in 2008, there was finally an answer. Mm. So DNA matched to a Donald Andrew Bess Jr., who was a man serving a life sentence for an unrelated charge of aggravated rape, aggravated kidnapping, and sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So not new things for him.
2: Right, right.
1: At the time of Angela's assault, Bess was 36 years old, and he was actually on parole from, again, aggravated sexual assault and aggravated kidnapping. Mm. But due to the DNA match, Bess was found guilty, and during the sentencing phase of the trial, a bunch of other women testified that they had also been raped by him. Mm. Even his ex-wife had something to say when she testified that he abused her and their child during their short three-year marriage. And that was in the late 70s. Um, So, Bess received the death sentence and has been on death row ever since. He's tried to appeal a few times, but has been unsuccessful. He doesn't have an execution date yet. But Sheila remains a PI, and in 2016, the Dallas Police Department reestablished a unit dedicated to researching old cases. So, Sheila's the real hero in this case. She is. She is. She's She's the the ultimate
2: BFF. I wonder what made him escalate from sexual assault to murder.
1: I mean he was uh, he was on parole yeah. from for kidnapping and rape. But not murder. That time, right? No, I guess and I mean like, that we know of right. Angelus is only murder, but
2: Right. I wonder what made knows. him so escalate probably could have been more.
1: I wonder if she fought back. I wonder if yeah. sure. If she said something that triggered him.
2: Yeah. Because, I mean. I don't know. stabbed her straight in the heart. He was.
1: Multiple times. Not letting
2: her get away. Yeah.
1: Right. But that's the case of Angela. I thought it was really cool that, like, her best friend's determination was like. Yeah. That's awesome. We got to figure this out for her. Love that. And I guess at the trial, it was, like, all of her sorority sisters, her Aww. entire family, all of her college friends. Even 20 years later, they that's showed amazing. up to support her. Aww.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's not something you ever forget, I don't think. No,
1: definitely.
0: Love that. Well, don't love that, yes, but I love that the support, the continued yeah. support.
2: All right. Are you getting my PowerPoint pulled up? Yes. The Twilight Killers. So we are Bella. To... <laughs> Please continue. Please continue. <laughs>
0: No, no, no! I'll, I'll go more when you, when you.
2: Okay.
1: I'll
0: add dramatic effect. Here. So
2: I've never seen Twilight. It. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, that's it's weird. I'm not really into that. So I, I did watch it.
2: I've read all the books and watched the movies.
0: <laughs> I did not read that. I know we're shocked. The books are way better. <laughs> if you like to read, <laughs> yes, if you like to read.
2: Okay, the movies were. They were okay. weird, <laughs> they were but okay. I watched
0: all of them somehow.
2: Okay. Yeah. Continue. All right. So I went to England and I found this case on Reddit. So I really love Reddit. None. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about, this is the story of Kim Edwards, Elizabeth Edwards, and Katie Edwards. There's so, no Bella
0: in there, but okay. <laughs>
2: there's not, but the last name is Edwards.
0: Oh, yeah. You're right.
2: Twilight's about Edward and Bella. <laughs> Boydston. Okay. That's why I keep saying it. Oh, whatever. Over. This part doesn't have to do. Okay, so Kim is the mom. She has two daughters, Elizabeth and Katie. They live in Spalding, which is in southern Lincolnshire, England. So in 2008, there was a domestic violence altercation that ended in Elizabeth, who's the mom, hitting Kim when Kim was about six years old. Mm. So their father, he was addicted to drugs. There was domestic violence already in the home between him and Elizabeth prior to this. So after this incident where Kim got hit, Elizabeth left the father and then referred herself to social services and was like, Mm -hmm. I need some help, Mm. which I actually respect that. Okay. So Kim and Katie were both taken into foster care temporarily. Despite all of their troubles, though, it was said that Elizabeth was well-respected in the community. She worked at local charities and she helped out of the schools and everybody pretty much loved her. Because of all of this, obviously, Elizabeth and Kim had a pretty difficult relationship. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Kim felt that her mother loved Katie more because Katie didn't get hit. Mm-hmm. She constantly felt like she was the least favorite child and just really could not let go of what happened. You know, that she was in foster care and all of this. Sure. Yeah. So eventually the girls were returned to Elizabeth. Elizabeth meet girl, meet and girl, her and her mom. mom. Who's girl? <laughs> I hope you like my captions.
0: <laughs> I like how just part of it is capitalized too. Like. <laughs> yes, you're welcome.
2: Just wait, it gets better. All right, who's girl? So the girls are returned to their mom. Okay. All right. So
0: Kim Kim is girl. Oh, okay.
2: Kim is girl. Girl.
0: Okay. All right. We're
2: focusing on Kim. Got it. All right. So girl. Kim Got it. was struggling in a lot of other ways besides her relationship with her mom. She threatened to run away. She wrote a suicide note, which mm-hmm. Elizabeth found and took her to be evaluated by a mental health professional. But they were like, we see no signs of mental health and sent her back home. Mm-hmm. Kim started posting depressing pictures on her Facebook account with also pretty depressing captions. Mm-hmm. So at 13, Kim starts dating
0: Lucas Markham. Oh, I I get it now. Girl meets boy. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. So Lucas had a pretty difficult upbringing as well. He was also placed in foster care at about four years old due to domestic violence in his home between his parents. His father was an alcoholic and his mother was battling leukemia as well at this time. So he went to his aunt's house and while he was with his aunt, his mom ended up passing away from leukemia. Mm, So sad. So because of this upbringing, he had severe anger issues. He frequently got into fights at school. He was at the like behavioral unit of his school, so him and Kim didn't necessarily go to the same part of the school, but she would visit him there. Okay. And it's said that she first saw him and fell in love with him when she saw him throw a chair across the classroom in a fit of rage.
0: Oh, that was the moment, huh? <laughs> that was the moment. Wow, okay. look at that guy. <laughs> He's so hot.
2: This sounds like someone I want to be with. (laughs) All right. So obviously Elizabeth disapproved of this relationship. She noticed warning signs in Lucas.
0: (laughs) Girl and boy date. Yes, they're dating. Got it.
2: (laughs) So Elizabeth noticed all the warning signs in Lucas with his temper and she had been in a domestic violence situation as well. So she was like, he's going to hurt you. So they were, you know, 13 when they started dating. At this point, they're now 14. They're having sex elizabeth thought they were too young for this she thought he is danger so she tried to keep the two of them apart and as i'm sure you know this is going to work real well and Mm. it's not going to backfire always does yeah didn't make kim want him more at all i put in my notes sarcasm (laughs) just so i can remember you're welcome i don't
0: think you're supposed to point out (laughs) but thank you stop it shut up i'm kidding
2: all right so elizabeth ends up banning lucas from the house she's like he can't even come inside they would just meet outside in the backyard or in their garden instead at one point kim and lucas even ran away together and were found six days later in a tent inside a nearby wooded area they were returned to their homes when kim came home she found that some of her things were in katie's room her sister's room which like infuriated her Mm -hmm. so march 2016 kim attempted suicide by overdosing on painkillers she was in the hospital but she was okay um at this point lucas started to hate elizabeth too he suggested killing her and kim thought he was joking and said yeah and then realized oh he's serious yikes lucas had a friend at this time named adam whose friend whose father was unfortunately murdered by a gang of boys in his own home But Lucas was obsessed with this and with asking Adam questions. So he would ask him questions about the murder. He would ask questions like, what did the police say? Like, how did the police interrogate you? Wow. Um, What a good sign.
0: He asked Mm -mm. what the court
2: process was like, what the trial was like. And one of the guys who had killed his father got off. And he was Mm -hmm. like, how did he get off? Got it. Mm. These are not good signs. (laughs) Not a good sign.
1: I think this is foreshadowing.
2: So we're going to fast forward to April 11th, 2016, which is a Monday night. So many
1: April cases. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that.
2: On a Monday night, Lucas, they had planned this all out. So he snuck out of the home and he was going to knock on Kim's window. She would let him inside and that's when the murder would happen. Mm -hmm. So he knocked on her home or on her window, sorry, and she had fallen asleep. So he was like, whatever, I'll go back home. So he went home. He tried again the next night on Tuesday night and she had fallen asleep again. So Wednesday night is when she was not asleep and he was let inside on April 13th, which I was watching some documentaries about this and a lot of psychologists were like, this is weird. Like, she's plotting her mother's murder and she's able to just fall asleep.
1: I was just thinking about that because I've got insomnia and if I were... If somebody was maybe going to die soon or right. in my
2: household,
0: I would not be able to sleep even more so than normal. Right. If she were under any kind of emotional duress. It makes you wonder if she like, was struggling with the decision and just was maybe even pretending to be asleep, didn't want to go through with things at that time.
2: That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Well, you know. <laughs> so basically, she was carrying on as if like nothing was different in her uh, life. Okay. So on this Wednesday night, Kim did let Lucas into the house through the bathroom window, bringing a bag of kitchen knives... Hmm. So, they had planned for him to kill Elizabeth, the mom, while Kim killed her sister, Katie. Oh. Both of them were asleep at this point. So, Lucas goes to Elizabeth's room first. He stabs her in the neck, targeting her voice box so that she would not cry or scream to alert anybody.
0: That is creepy. Yeah. It's very advanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, stabbing her in the neck did kill her voice box, but it did not kill her immediately. And they struggled for about 10 minutes. Oh before he suffocated her with a pillow and stabbed her a total of eight times. Mm. Kim heard the struggle, and she came in to, like, check to see if everything was okay. So she
0: No, it's not okay, Kim. It's
2: (laughs) not. None of this is okay.
0: Is everything okay? (laughs) I know you were going to stab my mom in the
2: voice box. (laughs) I know you're going to kill my mom, but I hear a struggle. What's wrong? So she watched him kill her mother. She grabbed Elizabeth's hand because she thought it was Lucas's hand, and when she realized it was her mom, she, like, dropped it right away. Which...
0: It's like a dissociative Terrible. personality. Yeah, I'm sure
2: her mom was like reaching out for her hand yeah. like help
0: Helping. me. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. So after her mom was killed, Kim had a panic attack and realized that she could not kill her sister. She was like I can't do this. So Lucas went to Katie's room and did the same thing, stabbed her in the voice box Aww. um and then suffocated with her pillow and she was 13 years old at the time. Poor baby. Yeah. So, in one night, the two of them became Britain's youngest double murders at 14.
1: Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy?
2: Not a title title. you want to have. Yeah, Not Mm -hmm. a title you want to have. So, we're going to talk about why they're the Twilight Killers. So, they felt little remorse after both of them were killed. They had a bath together to remove all of the blood and wash it off. Mm -hmm. Then had sex in the living room and -hmm. then watched Twilight while eating ice cream. Hmm. so when the media later learned about this they called them the twilight killers
0: oh okay
2: because they were just so nonchalant just hanging out watching all of the twilight movies while eating ice cream and having sex well
0: not gonna lie kind of wish you were gonna tell me that they thought they were vampires or something has nothing to
2: do with vampires unfortunately (laughs) they just had they didn't care um this went on for about 36 hours where they just stayed in the home with the bodies so at this point, 36 hours later, the school is like, both girls are absent. This is weird. Elizabeth's boyfriend, Graham Green, had been calling her, not able to get in contact. And he was like, this was really unusual for her, not showing up for work, not answering my phone calls. So he called the police and then the school had also reported to the police some concerns due to basically all three of them are missing. The police went to investigate and they broke in like right away, which I was like, Dang. So they found Kim and Lucas just sitting watching Twilight, and they said, "What they asked, what was going on? Were they eating (laughs) a lot? Thirty (laughs) six hours." (laughs) So they asked Kim and Lucas, "Like, hey, what's going on?" And Lucas said, "Quote, why don't you go and look?" Oh, Mm -mm.
0: yeah. Wow, so many questions.
2: I know. Yeah. um so the original plan supposedly was like a murder suicide with them um like they had alcohol and painkillers and all these meds actually to oh. overdose and they never did it oh. they're yeah, not Romeo sh-
0: and Juliet stuff okay
2: yeah they're not sure if like they got scared oh. or if they just chickened out or like what happened yeah but obviously they didn't kill themselves it makes me sad looking at their mugshots though because they look so young they were young, young. I know 14 yeah so young all Right. so Martin Holvey he's the detective chief inspector He spoke about how strange Kim and Lucas acted after the discovery of the bodies saying that they showed no remorse and no empathy in Kim's interview with police, which you can go online, like listen to her interviews and it's like just scary hearing the lack of empathy in her voice and how she talks about her mom and her sister being murdered. So I'm going to quote a little bit about what she says. Um, In her interview though, she talked about her history with her mom and said, you know, my sister's always been the favorite. She did, say that she missed her little sister but thought that it was only right that she should die because then she didn't have to cope with losing her mom. Mm. Um, She was quoted as saying, quote, I thought it would have been better for my sister to die, too. I was not killing my sister out of anger, and I miss her, but I was excited about killing my mother, and I was looking forward to it. Mm. Okay. Wow. Lucas reported to police that he killed Katie, the sister, so that she would not call the police. Because he thought that's what she would do. Yeah. When asked by police if this was the only reason that he killed her, he said, pretty much.
0: Huh. Yeah.
2: Um, when asked how she felt about everything that happened, Kim said, quote, I was okay with it. The fact that it happened so quickly gave me peace of mind because it wasn't like torture or anything.
0: Ten um, minutes feels like a really long time to die.
2: Yeah. And being stabbed and then suffocated. Yeah. yeah. Suffocation
1: is a terrible way to go.
2: Yeah. And being stabbed in the throat. hmm Yeah. She also said, quote, my mom doesn't have to deal with me anymore being like suicidal and she doesn't have to wake up worrying every morning to see if I'm still alive. Then she talked about killing Katie and said, quote, the heartbreak and just all the emotions and stuff was why she killed her sister to save her from that. According to criminologist David Wilson, he described this as an example of high level of psych- psychopathy? psychopathy. 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 Yep. Describe this as a high... Oh, say? I think it is. An example of high level of psycho- psychopathy. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> Gonna say that again. Hold on. Describe this as an example of high level of psychopathy <laughs> with her egocentric belief that she was doing them all a favor by killing them. So both Kim and Lucas were tried at Nottingham Crown Court in November 2016. So little uh, fun fact here. In the UK, if you are over the age of 10, you are criminally responsible, regardless if you're still a minor. So, at 14, they were both criminally responsible and were charged, but had their identities protected from the media. Sure. So, Lucas pled guilty for first-degree murder. Kim attempted to be tried for manslaughter. She attempted an insanity plea, saying that she was depressed and Lucas was very controlling. Sure ordered her to do this um the jury only deliberated for two hours and then said nope here just as guilty and are getting the first degree murder charge as well
0: especially after those interviews yeah Um,
2: so their rationale was that she helped plan and carry out such and it was like an intricate well she let him in
0: yeah she let him in
2: and then they stayed in the house for two days without alerting police so like not gonna work all of this is giving you cause for first degree murder even if you didn't actually kill anybody yeah yeah you planned it and Then didn't do anything. Yep. Um, So they were both given a minimum sentence of 20 years, which later was reduced to 17.5 years following an appeal. Hmm. So some people believe that this was too intense of a jail sentence for their age because they're 14, which is why they appealed it, and got 17 and a half years. So during this appeal, their identities were allowed to be made public, which is how we all know who they are now and what happened. Oh. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> and then my last slide is of Bella and Edward, and I put Team Edward. Finally, it's Bella. <laughs> um, he really
0: looks this weird the whole time. Yes, he
2: does. It's a very awkward movie. It really, really is. So that's the Twilight Killers. Isn't um crazy? When did this happen? 2014, 2014. you were talking about. Not that long ago. Wow. So they're both still in prison right now, but at 14, they only got 17 and a half years. I mean, they'll be out in their 30s. Mm. But they have the option to go longer. It was minimum 17 and a half years.
0: I was saying that there's this guy on TikTok. His name's Brody. And he's got like this really long red wavy hair and a, like a full beard. And he reenacts a lot of skits. From them? <laughs> from, from, from Twilight? I said Frozen. <laughs> from Frozen. From Twilight. Yes, it is. He's very good. Yeah. <laughs> and it is very awkward and hilarious. So, oh,
2: just kind of creepy. Nice job, Lens. Two little, basically,
0: psychopaths. No joke. Who found each other. and Some people are just drawn to each other. And right. Unfortunately. Neither one ever
2: showed remorse. He never showed remorse at all. The only remorse she showed was for her sister, but justified why she did it.
0: Right. It's just sad. That's really sad and scary. Mm-hmm. That yeah. they can look like that.
2: Hmm. So, there you go. Youngest uh, double murders. Double murderers. You UK. know what
0: kind of reminded me of, too, was uh, Gypsy Rose, mm. when you were talking about that, like, how they didn't, they, yeah, I don't know, I was going like to say, like, mom like and, yeah. yeah, and hid out and had sex and ate a bunch of food and pretended like nothing happened and.
2: Yeah, yeah, that part, for sure. Yeah, I, I just, like, I think that's what stunned the media and why it was so, like, their age obviously was, like, a yeah. huge factor as why well as it was a big media circus, but also just that. They hid out in this home for two days, like, right, while their bodies, the bodies were literally rotting upstairs, just watching TV, eating ice cream, and having sex, like, nothing. Yeah. And they mentioned, so, like, she shared a room with her sister, so her sister died in her room. Right. Their room. And so they mentioned at one point in this documentary that she, like, went upstairs, grabbed the mattress off of her bed, and, like, dragged it downstairs, so, like, she was in the room. Aw. That's after sad. Her sister died. 13 years old. It's horrible. Okay. Hmm. So that is our true crime episode, guys. Sorry to bring you down here.
0: (laughs) Um, They're always downers. They're always downers. (laughs) I'm
2: sorry. You can always find us online at thetipsyghost.com to find all of our socials from there or email us your stories at thetipsyghost at gmail.com.
1: Please give us a five-star rating and a great review on Apple Podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it.
2: Thanks so much for listening, guys. We will catch you guys next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.